and welcome back to another episode of Per My Last Email. Iron Mike, Papa Ganoush, taking you through the day. Ganoush, it's good to get back on. It's been a couple weeks since we've been on the Potosphere, but right now we got to talk uh, the Super Bowl. It occurred yesterday, or was it two days ago? It was two days ago at this point. Days really blurred blur together. Uh, Iron Mike defeated uh, one too many Bud Lights uh, this past weekend. The old bachelor party. Shout out to my boy, Con D, if you're listening. Yeah. Had a so today time. is February the 2nd. It's Groundhog Day. And my prediction of the Super Bowl, I think Tom Brady gets his seventh ring. I think the final score will be, uh, I'm just going to say, like, throw a number out there. 31-9 Buccaneers. Uh, wow. Patrick Mahomes You've... will be hurried more than any quarterback ever. You must have a time machine because that is exactly what occurred because today's actually February the 9th, which is pretty wild. But, yeah, I mean, out of the gate, like, seven Super Bowls. I mean, he has won 13% of all the Super Bowls ever played. I mean, that's just insane. If you know, my, the fa- best- my favorite part about it, too, man, is he didn't win the last most recent one to put him over the hump, like put the, the Patriots over the hump of the Steelers. He didn't win it with New England. He won it on his own. Not on his own. Let's you know, got to give the defense credit. That defense I mean, is awesome. They're, they were great. I mean, it was, I loved watching that game. I was like, you know, the Chiefs are just like. I feel like they were a little. I don't know. Everybody kind of likes the Chiefs. I'm not. I'm not buying it. I do like Patrick Mahomes, but um, I'm not. I feel like he played a good game. As I mean, he had no time. I, I saw some stats. Right. Like one of those Amazon Web Gem next stats, next gen stats that said he ran 497 yards before either, like, throwing or him getting tackled. So, like, running behind the line of scrimmage. I felt like he had no he had no protection all game, and he was throwing all those, like, crazy matrix passes, which if, if the receiver had caught him, like, one of them went right through Tyreek Hill's hand. Right. Like, Hit him it would have been sad. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Brady looked great. Dude, Gronkowski, how about two touchdowns, man? That was awesome. Did you see I that mic up? Did you see I him mic'd up talking to Brady? Uh, uh, two tutties, two tutties. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was so fun. I, love, I mean, what a great duo that is. And, like, they've gotten to win, what, now four Super Bowls together. Like, that's so great. And Gronk's so lovable. And, yeah, people hate Brady for whatever reason. But, like, you can't hate Gronk. Everybody loves Gronk. I think Brady is really secretive. Uh, and he's, he knows how to work the media. So, I think just a lot of people hate on greatness, just period. Um, I mean, Brady's no doubt the greatest of all time. And now it's like you're comparing – Brady to himself, and that's it. You know, we're we're trying to compare Patrick Mahomes to, but like, it's on future achievements. It's like what he could be. It's kind of like how that Jordan argument with LeBron was. It was like, I feel like they kind of snubbed Kobe back then when it was like LeBron's coming out of high school and like he's the next Jordan, he's the next Jordan. He's like, well, he hadn't done anything. Like, fortunately, LeBron wasn't a bust. But I mean, how do you? And neither are Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Patrick Mahomes is like well now the now the, the argument is that Mahomes is going to have to get to eight if Brady is already right. at seven. Yeah, because he has the the head to head over him, you know. Right. Um, but we I, could see this matchup again next year, man. You know, Brady's coming back. He signed a two year deal, um, which is it's amazing that in the first year he was able to just win a, a Super Bowl. I mean, once they beat the Saints, I was like, well, look out because they own Green Bay in the regular season. I, I wasn't shocked that they won that game. Um, I actually took the money line in that one. Uh, but I mean, I, I didn't touch the Super Bowl betting wise. Did you? No, I didn't. I didn't put any money on it. But I mean, looking back on it, smart money's always on Tom Terrific. I mean, the it guy's really got, is, man. He's, he just he has that X factor. I mean, if you've played in a game 10 times, and even Patrick Mahomes who played in it last year, you know, he has the experience. He has that big game. Like, nobody's able to get up for a big game 
like Brady has. I'm going to throw out a stat here. Shout out to our boy Peyton at WTF Stats. We interviewed a couple of uh, episodes ago. You can go check it in the in the feed in the podcast. But uh, yeah, apparently this was Mahomes' first game in either high school, college, or the pros that he has not thrown a touchdown. And like, that's wild. I mean, you saw how much dominance was. Fifty-four percent. He was hurried of every play. Uh, you know, the entire game of all the snaps, fifty-four percent of the time he was hurried. So it's it's that, crazy. Yeah, I mean, Casey's got to address some offensive uh, line issues. You know, I I I fought Tampa Bay's defense, man. That look was just, and they're young too on D. I mean, Devin White, like he's a beast, man. Um, they're they've got a lot of talent on defense. It's you know. And may, Tom Brady might have been the missing puzzle to that team's piece. Him, you know, obviously you got Gronk. You mean that. the missing piece to the puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, everybody knows what I meant. Uh, but, you know, with Gronk, Antonio Brown, and then Fournette, you know, Fournette, obviously people kind of forgot about him. He didn't really do much. You know, he was good at Jacksonville. But I think, you know, in this system with – he really he really looked great in the Super Bowl to me, man. I mean, that that running game, like – you know, they control. Well, the I, I, I think it's just a testament to Brady being able to elevate the players yeah. around him. He makes them play to his high of standards. Like they called it the Patriot way all those years of the Brady and Belichick. I'm starting to think it's the Brady way. You know, maybe we all eat one strawberry a day and give our son a nice long smooch on the lips and we can all be seven times Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. It's like, I mean, that's, it's I the Brady way. You know, or it's data, not uh, Brazilian supermodel, right? We should be so lucky. Yeah. But, um, uh, switching gears here real quick, we got a great comeback from uh, Brooks Kepka in the Waste Management Open. I don't know if you caught any of it this weekend. Overtook Xander Shoffley and uh, Spieth, who were leading into the last day, and Kepka ended up winning. Poor now, Spieth still can't a... catch a break, man. I'm poor, I mean, don't you like just feel bad for Spieth? Like I felt like ever since he's collapsed. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's it's hard to feel bad for someone who won the right. Masters, but yeah. and, you know he's still so young. I mean, he's what 26, 27 years old, like. Phil Mickelson didn't win his first major until he was like 31, 32. So he, I mean, he still got Greg a, Norman like collapse though at the Masters. So it's just uh, yeah. I mean yeah. that was that was up there with twenty eight to three and uh, and Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump in terms right. of uh, giant collapses. But you know hopefully he gets into form. You know we're getting in here. God, I love I just love casual golf season right now. You know turning on uh, Golf Channel during the middle of the day, couple of couple of two p.m. Bud Lights on a Saturday just sounds good because now it's like the longest possible time before football. So like we used to have like, Oh, the XFL or like some other spring football league, like the Alliance of American football to look forward to. But now we're like, that's why I love the Super Bowl, But at the same time, I get sad because it's officially the longest time until more football. Yeah. It's a uh, Monday. is kind of a, even after the, I feel like the game's over, you have kind of like a, not a sense of anxiety, but you're like, oh, man, I guess that was it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, well, I, now we have baseball coming up. But, you know, the, it's the Dodgers uh, World Series to lose this year. We're just adding Trevor Bauer, man. I mean, they're just going to oh, be absolutely God. disgusting. So, don't even want to. What did you think of the Super Bowl commercials? I really like the one with the kid from the E-Trade. You know, he's drinking the eggs and stuff like that. Oh, he's yeah. Like financial shape. I thought that was funny. You know, they um, anytime they can have, like uh, – you know, just kind of lighthearted, funny commercials like that kind of take you away from things and what's going on uh, in society. It's it's awesome. I love it. So people were talking shit about the Wayne's World Cardi B commercial. I really liked that. I mean, obviously, Wayne's World was a fantastic movie, but like it was good seeing those guys get back. And like, it's wild that like Mike Myers and Dana Carvey 
I mean, yeah, they've aged 30 years, but it looks the exact same, and maybe they look like a little bit older. I think I was playing how many Swedish meatballs can I fit in my mouth during that commercial because I missed that one. <laughs> um, my mom made some delicious Swedish meatballs. They were Ooh. so good. And I had some chili. What did you eat for the Super Bowl? Anything good? Oh, I had two bags of uh, airplane, airplane pretzels because I was flying on an airplane, um, and I was flipping between that and this Netflix documentary. Um, but I bet I would have had some good food. So maybe like another dimension, Iron Mike, like enjoyed some nice chips and dip. Whereas Airplane Mike, you know, he was 30,000 feet in the air. So he could only enjoy the, the little pretzels. But I kind of like how uh, on the airplanes now they give you the little bags and they don't like, you know, bring the cart down as much. I'm a big fan of that. I, I mean, they used to give you like the full Coca-Cola can and now they only give you like a little cup. Is that what you're saying? But I, I, they give, don't you give you cheese its They give you like cheese its and they give you. Yeah, they give you. The, they give you. The, it's a little. It's a little like plastic bag, and they put like a bottle of water in there, Biscoff cookie, and like some cheese. Oh, I was gonna say we should do like what's your rank your favorite airline because Bis, biscotti cookies like those are gross outside of an airplane, but on an airplane I'm like, ooh, I eat the shit out of those. That's a that's a fantastic uh, segment. Uh, do we want to do segments now before the interview? By the way, guys, we got a great interview coming up with our boy, William. He's a doctor. We talk COVID. We talk safety. We talk sports. It's great. But are we doing, are we doing um, segments before or, or after this week? I forgot. Oh, we're doing before. Perfect. All right. So, so I'll let you go first. What's the first segment that they're doing? Lay it on me, Ganoush. So we're doing uh, top three all-time serials. Top three all-time cereals. All right, I am going to go number one with Fruity Pebbles. I love Fruity Pebbles. They're definitely not nutritious, but they are delicious. I mean, I think that's one of the big rackets behind, like, sugary um, cereals is that, like, oh, people think it's cereal. It's healthy, but it's not really. So I'm going to go my first one as Fruity Pebbles. Um, number two, I'm, I'm going to go I'm gonna stay in the Pebbles family. I'm going to go Cocoa Pebbles. I used to eat a bowl of that a day when I was like in fourth grade, probably. And it was very tasty. I, I was a big fan. And then I'm going to go, I'm going to go healthy with the last one, even though I'm not a big uh, cereal eater. I'm going to go frosted mini wheats because it's like half healthy, half, half frosted. But I'm not as much a breakfast guy anymore. I've more gotten into the intermittent fasting, which is just a very millennial way to say that you don't want to make yourself breakfast in the morning. So you wait until lunch to eat. But like, I've been trying to do that. And like, I'm at a sturdy, you know, 190 to 195 pounds, most likely. So, like, I, I think it's, I think it's present, presenting results. But, anyways, all right, let's go to your, let's go to your cereals. So, for all the OGs out there, I gotta go with O's. Uh, if you know what O's are, they sell them at Publix. It's just O H apostrophe S, and they're these little like, they kind of taste like waffle crisp, but they're way better. Um, and it, like I grew up on them, but they're awesome. They're, they're like a, uh, they, they'd be the like hipster underground version of cereal like really good cereals i forget what brand it is it's not kellogg's but it's something like that but i think it's post it's post yeah so check it out definitely support it they don't have commercials but neither does lamborghini so there you go Um, right exactly uh number two coming in hot is reese's puffs i mean they had some classic commercials in the 90s dude like talk about the kid at the diner and his sister is a waitress, and he tips her a quarter. And <laughs> that was, like, a big deal in the 90s. So go look at- Here's a quarter. Keep, keep the Yeah, chain. it is keep like, she's like, wow, thank you so much. She's legitimately, like, thanking him for a quarter. Uh, and then number one, uh, Golden Crisp, man. I mean, they used to be called Sugar Crisp, but then all the 
moms back in the 50s were like, I don't want my kids eating sugar. So they just renamed it and called it Golden Crisp. Dude, I love me some Golden Crisp. But my dad had put me on that when I was like five years old. And that is, to me, the goat. Uh, I'm, obviously, some honorable mentions. I love Fruit Loops. But, uh, yeah, I, I got to – that's my uh, – those are my top three, my friend. Hell, yeah. All right. So I'm looking on Wikipedia here. I love going on the famous days. Looked on February 9th. We've got a number of famous birthdays, including – Vladimir Guerrero, Charlie Day, and Manu Raju, who's the guy on CNN, and Jameer Nelson. They are all born within 10 years of each other. I want you to put those four people in order. Who's the oldest? Who is the youngest? Okay, so I got Charlie Day. Vladimir Guerrero, Charlie Day, um, Jameer Nelson, and Manu Raju. I'm going to go Manu Raju, oldest. Uh, actually, Charlie Day oldest, Monteroger second. No, wait a second. Vlad Guerrero is probably older. Vlad is uh, Monteroger, Vlad, Charlie Day, Jameer Nelson. That order. That is, and it's kind of lazy because I'm looking at Wikipedia right now, and I just read them down the list because it's chronologically. But that's wild to think. Charlie is that correct? Is, it is correct. Oh, right. Vlad, Charlie Day, Monteroger, and uh, Jameer Nelson. Uh, Charlie Day is 44 years old. Oh, that yeah. Is, that is wild to think. I think he's older um, than the other two guys, if I'm not mistaken. They're around They're around the same yeah. age because they were all – I think Charlie and Mac went to college together. Or like Mac went with one of the McPoyles or something like that. Um, all right, so we're going to end on one more uh, segment here before we get to our awesome interview with Dr. William. Um, keeping with the tradition of the fact that today is February the 9th, on February the 9th, 1964, the Beatles made their first appearance on the Ed Sullivan Show, kicking off what became known as the British Invasion and Beatlemania across the USA. Malloy, what are your three favorite rock bands or rap artists? Three favorite rock bands or rap artists? So I guess just musical artists. Oh my God, this is uh, coming out of left field here. Um, So, I mean, is the consensus, are you trying to say the Beatles the best of all time? Because I think the Rolling Stones are a significantly better band. Oh, see, I would say that the Beatles are okay. Bad. Yeah, it's okay to have this. That's like you know, I I like oranges, I like apples. You know what I mean? It's just right. Yeah, that's I love the Beatles. Don't get me wrong. My mom used to sing me the Beatles when I was a little kid all the time. Um, okay, so you say so you say Rolling so so Rolling Stones. I think all Rolling right, Stones so, is so the best rock band of all time. Yeah, that's and I, uh, I that I would yeah I would stick by that. I mean, they've got so many hits, man. It's insane. Um, all right, you got a, you got a second one? Yeah, I mean, I, are we talking about what I think are the best or what are my favorites? Because there's a big difference. Your, fav- your, your favorites, your favorites. Oh, man, I could throw a bunch out there. I'm a big Pearl Jam fan. I do like Dire Straits. Uh, I, I, I mess around with uh, some Alice in Chains, ZZ Top. Um, I like uh, – dude, there's a lot of bands. Um, shout out to uh, a real good chick band I like, uh, Counting Crows. We play some of their stuff on really the piano. Good um man i've got uh there's a, that's a great question like i'd have to sit down and like really think like who i would drop it for i mean technically in high school i saw like 14 311 concerts but i don't still listen to 311 if i'm being honest with you man uh, 311 concerts was just like the typical atlanta mid 2000s right. summer concerts where like one dude brought a 30 rack of natty light and we were and all underage exactly and just yeah. just snuck into like lakewood amphitheater just 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 classic thinking about it all right for me i don't know what i'm gonna go with uh i'd say the beatles are definitely the best and i and i do really like them um then i'm gonna go with ccr is pretty good go uh, that... cold play is pretty good cold play is good um yeah. 
The Coldplay is good. U2 is good, too. I guess this is just now just listing um, bands that we think are good. So, I don't know. I hope the audience <laughs> – audience, if you have any bands that uh, that you think are good, too, you can you can comment in, uh, in the Instagram uh, The Georgia Redcoat Marching Band, that's going to be up there. there ain't, ain't nothing finer in the land. Uh, we should definitely do an episode devoted to our favorite music stuff because I'm not very good at music and a lot of people are better than me. So maybe we have some some music guy on some. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, but coming back, you're going to listen to our awesome interview with our boy, Dr. William. Uh, just keep in mind that we recorded it before the Super Bowl. Fleetwood Mac. And we that's mine. About... Fleetwood Mac. I, I they're, they're, love Fleetwood they're, Mac. They're great, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we uh, we hope you guys uh, enjoy. So, yeah, just. Uh, just keep it here coming up in a, in a couple seconds. And welcome back to Per My Last Email. We have a very special guest on with us right now. He's... A doctor, a resident, he's some kind of medicine man. Our good friend, William, who's also up here in the blistery cold Northeast, based out of New Haven, Connecticut. William, why don't you introduce yourself, talk a little bit about your current role, and then we'll get into a, co- a couple of questions. How are we doing, fellas? We doing great good? to have you on, Dr. Zivago. Thank you. Thank you. So that is my alter ego, Dr. Chivago. But my real name is Dr. William McDonald. I am a resident at Yale New Haven Hospital. Uh, I'm in the internal medicine program specializing in primary care. I have a feeling, I don't know what you guys are going to ask me, but I have a feeling I'm here to answer some COVID questions. I took care of, you know, probably a few hundred COVID patients in and out of the ICU um, saw a lot of really sick people, but uh, I think things are in a slightly better place, at least in New Haven. But yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, Ganoush, why don't you start it off with a couple of softballs? What do you say? I need them. I need those. So I'll start you off with a couple of uh, easy ones. Uh, let, let me ask you right off the bat. Two masks or one? What do you think? Yeah, excellent question. Well, it depends on what you're calling a mask there, Malloy. Are we talking toilet paper? Or are we talking good stuff? Green <laughs> uh, I'm talking about that. What's the, what's the blue texture made out of? I don't really use the cloth stuff. I know John's all about those, uh, what are they called? The, you know, the neck ones, the crocodiles or something the like gators. that? The gators. Here, here, <laughs> the gators. The crocodiles. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Here's, here's my advice. Um, light a match and put it in front of your mask. If you can blow out the match with your mask on, it's not good enough. That's my advice. It's a good one. I haven't I haven't heard that one. Um, this is yeah. a two-parter. This you is can look two- up the videos online. It's actually very cool. You can look at the videos because you really wouldn't think that the you, you wouldn't be able to blow out the match, but you'd be really surprised if you have a great mask, especially like an N95, you can't get through it. Yeah. This is a two-parter, too. How much of uh, being a doctor is like Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> well, I'd have to watch Grey's Anatomy first to know. That's for all our female so I'm gonna listeners let you, out there. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you, you'd know a little bit more about that than I would. Are you a regular um, Meredith Grey, or are you a more like George Clooney? I, I don't know. I'm more of a fan of uh, The Resident, if you've seen that one. That's actually filmed in Atlanta, by the way. It's a terrible show. 
don't watch it. But um, I, I'm going to say very little. I'm going to say I know that a lot of people die on that show. Like residents die on that show. I don't. I don't really ever see that happening. Ugh. Do you I concur? Most of the time, I concur. Interesting. Doctors love to concur. Yeah, that's I saw that You know, but he's a he's a doctor of medicine. He's not a doctor of humane letters. So it's like, oh, is there a doctor in the house? It's like I'm a PhD. It's like we don't need to know about your book. We need someone to do CPR. William, tell us about how the vaccine went, man. Tell us how. Okay, so I got my. Well, you know what's crazy is. You guys are probably, I mean, you guys, you guys are in the very sad category of being too healthy to get the vaccine probably <laughs> until 2022. Well, that was a nice but, thing to say. Um, but, but by the time you guys get a vaccine, I think it'll be just one dose. That's the one at least I heard that they're working on right now. Which That's is the really Novavax one, I think. Yeah. Right. Right. So I think the, the big issue right now is these like new coronavirus variant strains that are coming out of like different parts of the world because the the vaccine is not as effective and even moderna is working on a booster vaccine for the people that already got the first round which includes me because i got a moderna but um but you know like one thing that's interesting i think is that the the flu vaccine that we get every year really isn't that effective it's something like it's like 50 percent effective yeah yeah Yeah. and like a lot of people substantially lower in efficacy Right. And, you know, it's it's so classic American that we like don't do our homework, but we expect nothing less than like 99 percent effective. So I think thing one is these vaccines are incredibly more effective than any vaccine we've had on like the average. Um, the first for, for most uh, healthcare people that have gotten it, the first dose, not too bad. The second dose you get hit like a ton of bricks. It's it's like That's 24 hours. It's 24 hours of hell. It's it's pretty bad. But uh, it ultimately that's a good thing. That's your but immune yeah, system it's, it's work. supposed to do that because it's your immune system picking up. So like it sucks for that 24 hours, but then you're good to go. Right. Um, yeah. It's it's very similar to like if you were to get sick with a typical virus the reason you have a fever is because your immune system is starting to like kick into action. So that's all that's really happening. It's your, your body trying to help out and build all these antibodies up. I will warn you guys, there's been studies before that if you take things like ibuprofen that are supposed to make you feel a little bit better, but they're anti-inflammatories, it may affect your titers. And this is based off of like hepatitis vaccines that have been given in the past to kids and they found that the titers for the antibodies weren't at normal levels. What is a titer? So a titer is like your antibody level. It's like, do you have enough antibodies in your system that if you were able, that if you were ever infected with the virus, would you be able to fight it off effectively? And if you have a low titer, that basically means you don't have enough antibody in your system to fight it. For coronavirus, it's going to be something similar where you need to have a certain level of antibody or a certain level of titer. So if you were to get coronavirus, you would be able to fight it off. Um, Interesting. And taking something like an anti-inflammatory when you get the second dose and you're feeling really crummy would make you feel better. But that might also mean your body's not going to mount a big enough response to make those tight, those antibodies. So so you're basically advising to grin and bear it through that 24 hours. It's going to suck, you know, smoke them if you got them. There, 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 there you go. So let me ask uh, you this. One more thing. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Asking for a friend, should you freeze your yeah. swimmers before you take the vaccine? This is this is uncharted territory, Malloy. I can't answer that question. 
And I I will say this: if we're if we're really concerned about your progeny, we which we all are, I say freeze them. <laughs> All right. We need to preserve that. We need to preserve the future of this nation. I've got a couple like jars in the freezer. That's in your hands. We we need the Ganoush line to uh, to continue. I am on. the only one carrying uh, down I, the Malloy name for my uh, family tree. So, but I think that gets to a bigger point. In you know, you've seen these studies where there are vaccine skeptics. Obviously, in order for this to work, people need to trust the vaccines. So, I mean, how do you see it on the front lines as a doctor, like? Have you ever seen patients that are like, oh, I can't imagine, like, I didn't get COVID, like, this isn't real, or, like, wouldn't take the vaccine? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's the same with healthcare workers, too. We have plenty of nurses, medical staff that don't want to take the vaccine. You're, you're going to find that with anything, and it's, it's why we have to have the flu conversation with patients every year to try and get them to get the vaccine just for that. And that's, that's sort of like a, a push and pull conversation we constantly have. The, the real fear, I think, with the coronavirus vaccine right now is that they didn't test the, um, the efficacy of becoming a carrier. So if you were to get the vaccine, that doesn't necessarily mean that you still can't be a carrier for the virus. So you might not get sick from coronavirus, but you could get infected pass by it. Pass it along to someone else. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I think at the end of the day, the reason you want herd immunity is because you don't want the spread to happen. And unfortunately, I think if people start getting vaccinated on a massive scale, they're going to feel like they're more comfortable to do more risky behaviors like going out in public, not wearing a mask, going to bars and things like that. And that's not going to do anything to curb the spread. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still the same concept, the still basic principles of like hand hygiene, wearing a mask, doing all the important stuff to prevent it from going to someone's grandma which is who we really care about right walk walk us through like a so you've been in the covid ward correct right yeah walk us through like what do you do i mean you're working a long shift and you're like all right i'm hungry i want to go eat but you get you have to like go through like a a vault and they spray you down like in the movies or i mean how how crazy is it like the process of i mean i'm I'm sure you're wearing the face shield you got the mask on you got the rubber gloves hvac suit is it like that or is it well, you've seen you've seen like ET. That's right? what I yeah. go through that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's um, it's it's honestly a lot of plastic that you have to wear, and it's a lot of uh, gowning up and gowning down each time you go inside of a room. You wear basically a a very advanced form of an N95 when you go in the room. Um, pretty much everything that you wear can be uh, come into contact with the virus. So when you go into a room, you're completely covered head to toe. And when you come out of the room, all that gets thrown away. And that's just moving from patient to patient room. So I think more than anything, it's a lot of like dressing up and dressing down. Uh, and, you know, you typically round on patients in the morning. You have about like eight to 10 patients. And I haven't done a COVID rotation in a while, but you you spend most of your time putting on all the gear to get in the room, check on the patient, and then get back out and take everything back off to move to the next patient. Um, it's really nothing compared to what they were doing in New York. I mean, I'm sure you guys saw all those articles when it was really bad, and now it's kind of becoming that way in Texas. But the because of all of that, like putting on stuff, taking stuff off, supplies becomes the biggest issue, especially with like supplies for medical staff to prevent the spread 
But right, yeah, PPE. Exactly. That, that's why that came up so much because it wasn't so much that we were, you know, didn't have supplies before, but they just run out so fast. Did your hospital ever run into an issue, even in like the darkest days of it, where you had to, there was like a moratorium on call it elective surgeries or whatever, because there were just too many COVID yeah. patients. Like you miss, mentioned New York, you know, like back in, you know, the, the dark days of it in April or whatever, like everybody saw the the videos of, you know, the, the mobile morgues outside the hospitals. Like, were there ever any times where you were just like, we can't take in any more patients. We can't, because like some elective surgeries, like, like a hip replacement is elective. Like you may not die from not having a hip, replacement but like you need to get it replaced like you're going to be in a lot of pain so like did y'all ever encounter no yeah that? you actually you bring up a great point and you're kind of like from a medical perspective touching on the collateral damage that came out of um came out of COVID. I'll, I'll just give you an example because i think for me we're in the primary care world and uh substance use is a really big issue that we try to tackle in our community there was a lot of people that um really rely on Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous and their, you know, behavioral therapy that they would go to week to week. And then when COVID hit, that all got shut down. So we started getting a huge influx of admissions for alcohol withdrawal, alcohol intoxication, substance use, um, people coming in with really all these ailments that we had good networks set up for in the community. But through with COVID and it's it's sort of the kind of collateral damage that we're all feeling and I think you know we all feel a little bit guilty talking about things like going to the movies which we all really love and then feeling bad thinking about you know there's other people that had actual casualties from COVID but it's still very real and there's going to be like ripples of COVID well after it's gone and I think that's just kind of at least one representation that I've seen. And then with what you were saying, Mike, that's exactly right. We had all of these elective surgeries that were essentially pushed back six months to a year. And that's like six months more of pain. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that I kind of, you know, you, t- you touched on it with the, um, with the collateral damage and, and things that, you know, it may not be directly impacted by COVID, but I mean, issues like families having to deal with, you know, children at home from school right. and like, that's other that's another interesting point that I've kind of looked at with this whole COVID thing is like you can make the debate about the benefits of in-person education versus, you know, keeping people socially distant and maintaining the virus. I mean, do you think there's a way? I know that I know the incoming administration has made it like a priority to want to try to get kids back into schools. Like as a medical professional, do you think it can be done safely to where you get that balance of in-person learning? versus keeping people safe yeah i i think um and this is like a little bit outside of my range because this kind of dips into public health but i know from when i've looked into this before i think what our focus always has to be on is spread it's it's all about like you know you hear about super spreader events um like the super bowl coming up pretty much um and what we needed to have done very early on that did not get done was come up with an extremely effective, quick test to figure out if someone had COVID or not um, within, you know, a reasonable amount of time. And I don't know if you guys have been tested, but it can take still either it come back pretty quick or it can take like up to three or four days sometimes. 
And when we talk about sort of returning to normal, um, I think one of the most important parts of that transition is going to be how can we develop a test that people can pretty much carry in their pocket where if they start to develop symptoms or they have an exposure, they can test themselves quickly and effectively. And if we can figure that out for kids, I think that's one thing that's going to be really important of bringing them back to, you know, the classroom. Do you you see like a rise in the future? Like, are we going to be out of this in like September or what do you think it's going to kind of go back to normal and like things are going to start opening back up? Winter's coming, boy. Winter is coming. Oh yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the more that we, to be honest with you, the more we transition into this Biden administration, the more we sort of peel back the onion and just really get a sense of how bad this is and really like how how pervade like how pervasive, how huge this is going to be in terms of what it's going to do to our economy, what it's going to do to our population how we live day to day. So it's it's. I don't see a horizon yet. And I don't say that to be negative. I just say that to be sort of almost like pragmatic and realistic, but you like, know, and- I think that's, that's better than you, you saw people doing previously. I don't necessarily think there needs to be a timeline right. on it. I mean, number one, you know, you have almost 10% of the population with a confirmed COVID case, you know, estimates are that's really four times higher. So let's say a hundred million people have been infected they're saying that to reach herd immunity, you need anywhere from 70 to 90%. Yeah. That's still another 150, 180 million people that need to get it, either getting the virus, which we don't want, or getting vaccines, which we do when, want. So, I mean, when I, do you see yourself doing the limbo on the Royal Caribbean drinking a Mai Tai, dude? That's what I want to know. Like, Give me a year. All right. Does it have to be Royal Caribbean? Can I it do? Be, it could be cruises? princess. It better not be carnival, dude. I think we went on carnival together. And that was pretty brutal. Yeah, that was a bad time. I have to agree with that. Um, norovirus is not kind to me. One of those trips. Um, uh, 2024. But I'm, I'm gonna give you a. I'm gonna give you a hot tip though. It, just stay in the country. U.S. Virgin Islands are sounding pretty good nowadays. Mm. Just don't get outside the country. Because we don't know what other countries are going to do in terms of lockdowns. Oh, that's a good point. I think that's the biggest issue that you're seeing with these uh, newly, like the international travel restrictions is like now apparently the U.S. is going to require you to get a negative COVID test before you like come back from Mexico. So like, God help you if you can find a rapid test in Mexico, if you go down to Cancun, maybe they have good infrastructure there. I'm unaware, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, that's kind of the one thing is like my dad is a really... Shout out, Dad, if you're listening to this, which he's listening to a lot of the podcasts, so I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, he loves international travel, and he's like kind of the one big thing that's really affected um, my, you know, kind of in this COVID world is like me and uh, my, her, him and my mom were like going to do yeah. all these international trips, and like it's just going to be that much. I think that's the last thing you kind of get back. I mean, I'll be honest, I want in-person dogs games at Sanford stadium before I can go to Europe. So yeah, I agree. We kind of got to concentrate on, on at home and, you know, I'm feeling if you were to ask me three months ago versus now, despite there being more cases, I feel like we're in a better place now. I feel the same way, but maybe it's, maybe it's a false hope. No, I think it's um, to, to be honest with you, I think it's stability. I think we're all kind of like 
settling into a reality. And I think hopefully um, there's enough people that are sort of committed to making that reality safe for everybody. So I, I agree with you. I think uh, we have vaccines, they're rolling out. Um, we do have the new strain, which I think is scary, but it, it won't really, the vaccines we have will still be effective enough if everyone sort of commits. And and not only that, I heard that because they just came out with the study, I think either of the Johnson & Johnson or the, the Novavax one, and they prevented 100% of deaths and hospitalizations, despite only having like a 55% efficacy against, I think it was the South African strain, which then, you know, you're like, oh, that's a good number. But then you realize you have to get those shots into people to prevent the hospitalization and, and death. So that, again, to what you were saying earlier, goes with the vaccine distribution. Issue. Yeah. And I, I mean, th- that's really good. I, I love to hear that because that's the kind of, you know, we we can have people get sick, but that's obviously what we're trying to avoid is like, we just don't want people to die from this. And if we can have enough people make it through, you know, um, that's, that's all we're really looking for. So yeah, it's awesome. So, all right, let's COVID talk. Uh, I've got a couple doctor questions for you as well, my friend. Uh, what's the grossest thing you've seen? And uh, let's refer to the patient like they're an anonymous person. Let's just call them John Flowers. Okay. Oh, John, patient John right. Flowers. Okay, I got you. All right, give me a minute here. He died of an overdose of Bud Light. <laughs> um, grossest thing I've ever seen. Um, I, I mean, it kind of depends on your definition of gross in a way. Are you the, the kind of guys that like to watch pimples get popped? You know, because some people find oh, them. God, Michael. Maybe that's the thing. It's like, is, is that gross? You know who loves that is, is my I brother. I can see that. He's, he's weird about Shout that. Shout out, Andrew. Yeah. Well, yeah. it can be very satisfying in a way. So it's. I've seen plenty of those. Yeah, like how, how, what's the biggest pimple you've ever seen popped on a body? Like, like I'm talking like maybe like 12 inches. <laughs> Dude, Ganoush, have a you crater. never watched a... <laughs> no, I'm not going to watch oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those things are... Ganoush, you got to go on and, and watch. Because it's cool, because she talks about, like, the the science of it. And, like, she's, like, a like a dermatologist. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's... I mean, you get these guys in there, and they have just these, like, massive growths on their back. They're like, oh, it's been a pimple there for 40 years. And it's like... <laughs> and they get like all this stuff out so it's, it's always it's, it's, I, i'm on i'm on williams no side. and it's funny it's um it's it's always these like whenever whenever i see these people come in with these kinds of problems it's always like a salt of the earth farmer who has probably had this problem for like 20 years but just kind of shrugged it off by the time it comes to you that thing is on the brink of popping and all you got to do is just like set it off. It's, it's actually a very satisfying feeling. I have to tell you. Oh my God. So <laughs> it is. like, do you, are you still ever, you know, I remember when you were working in Atlanta, um, which that takes yeah. me to the next question. What's the, have you noticed a, a difference in medicine? What it's like at Yale versus in Georgia? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think more than anything, it's a very different, uh, set of problems like you may have heard of the uh, stroke belt before and like the uh, you've probably heard of the bible belt but we're we're like the dive in the south we're like the bible belt the diabetes belt the stroke belt we're kind of all the all the heart disease belts really so um that that's that was one of the big things in the south was like heart failure copd things like that up here 
substance use is, especially with opiates, is a is a pretty big problem. Um, and so we have a lot of like uh, really good training and newer medications available, which is really cool. Actually, it's been like it's been really good coming up here and learning. What's the name about. of that? Uh, it's like the uh, life saving uh, uh, opiate drug that that like EMTs can administer if someone's having an overdose. What's yeah, that called again? Do you remember mm-hmm. by any chance? Yeah, that's right. It's um, it's something that you can spray uh, into their nose, and it actually uh, basically just reverses any effects the opiates having and i mean it's good for people that overdose accidentally or just took heroin uh it really doesn't matter um it it immediately can reverse the effects and people can like wake right up it's really cool to see actually yeah i think 2019 was actually the first year in i mean as long as you know they've had kind of recorded life expectancy, at least over the past 50 years, that life expectancy actually ticked down in America. I think it went from like 78.6 to 78.3. And the majority of that was due to, you know, younger people, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, overdosing on on these opiates. And I mean, it is a real crisis that our oh, country's wow. I didn't know that. And I mean, add, with COVID, it's going to be like 75 now. So I know you're a married right, man, yeah, William. Uh, shout out to Kate, Doctor yeah. Kate. Uh, but yeah. have you ever been hit on while you were uh, working with a patient? No one my age. I'll tell you that much. I've been hit on a pl- plenty of grandmas. <laughs> Are they like, Ooh, no young doctor. Age. Hello. Uh, pretty much. Yeah, that's that's not far off. I got to keep them at bay. What is your favorite bone in the body? Okay, let me see here. Favorite bone in the body. Um, I'm going to go with, hmm. I don't know. I guess I'm a fan of the patella. Is that the foot bone? <laughs> that's, that's the best part. That's for you guys to find out what the patella is. Come on, Malloy. What's the oh, patella? I know what that is. All right. You can't look. You can't look. It's on your thigh. You can't look. All right. I it's say your it's thigh. the foot Malloy, what do you say it is? It's you're you're actually it's funny because you guys are it's between both of your guesses. <laughs> it's your decap, boys. It's your decap. Uh, uh, all right, I got a, a couple other ones for you. Uh, all right, so let's say uh, walk me through like you know as a doctor, what what are your friends and family? What kind of questions do they ask you? Just like you know, if they get sick, they're like. You know, I've looked at my WebMD side effects. You get those a lot, or do some people text you? Or I, I'll I'll tell you this: you text me more than anybody. <laughs> How about that? You're you're my number one customer. I've been meaning to send you a bill, but I forgot where you live. I get I get <laughs> pictures from you. That's that's the main form of communication between us. Is every two months. Your dog bites your finger, and then you want me to check in on you. Hey, man, those things you get infected, dude. Shout out to Chappie. Chappie loves yeah, uh, yeah those, biting uh, fingers. Those um, teething marks look pretty serious. I, uh, I, I'm i glad you didn't go to the emergency. Yeah, department. but then I had bursitis in my elbow, too, so you saved me from um, that, remember? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the bills are really stacking up for you. You better hope for that Medicare for all. That's your only hope. I know. It's, it's... Would you... Would you uh down the road would you rather be kind of an academic you know working at a at a medical school or you know being some doctor within yeah, a hospital actually I'll, I'll take door number three and i love this question i i'm definitely gonna so i'm going into geriatrics working with older adults and um i'm going to definitely 
if I can find one, because they're they don't really exist anymore. But I'm looking for like a small practice with like one coworker, maybe like a nurse or NP or something like that. And then I just kind of disappear and have like 3000 patients, but no one ever hears from me again. And that, that would be my dream. I think academics are sort of more for people that like to go to conferences and give talks and things like that. But that, that's just not my speed. I'm much more about getting to like get close with my patients and then just focus purely on that. I like teaching, but I, I'd rather just like have my patients and that be it. Do you ever, I, this is probably a yeah. hard question. Do you like, well, I, you know, I'm actually, do you, do you guys like with uh, fellow doctors and nurses, do you guys go out drinking after work or you, or can you not answer that? Are you like friends with them? Yeah, they so no, no, no. I mean, Hey, I think, I think we should be allowed to do have Yeah. Work, that's what right? I'm saying. Um, yeah. Liver rounds. Right. right. So we used to call them liver rounds, but uh, <laughs> we, um, COVID we can't, it's crazy. So that's like one of the things is we work all the time, but we're, kind of stuck indoors but yeah we you definitely have to let loose a little bit um not like the I, don't, I have to be honest with you new haven's not exactly the city to make that happen and that's one of the reasons i can't wait to get back to atlanta see them hawk. do you see uh, like do you ever have opportunities when like you and kate have the same day off or are you guys always kind of like merging schedules and stuff like that no we actually get uh, our schedules pretty similar so we do get a lot of time together that's been really nice the the program we chose is pretty lenient about that, which we uh, we're really grateful for, actually. Um, speaking of the Hawks, what did you think of that foul mouth lady mouthing off? Well, first, the other day? well, first of all, funny. it just it just makes me want to get back to the A that much quicker because this is just daily news for us. I feel like like no surprise, right? I mean, this is just this is just Atlanta. Right. COVID, Karen screams <laughs> yeah, at LeBron yeah. about. How he's an ass. I didn't get the full story though. So that that's basically what she was saying. I mean, I just saw basically LeBron grabbed her breast something in that, and she that said, "Yeah, she he's like, you know, now he's me too, you know." <laughs> no, we're 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 a pro LeBron James podcast. I, if he came to Atlanta, LeBron I'd like him more. We need the Hawks. Need Do you like LeBron James? Like I mean, obviously, he's not going to come. He's too busy. He's too busy making movies. He's going to make like eight Space Jam movies. Oh, like, yeah, I forgot. He's going to run out. We're going to draft today. LeBron James like, Jr. Yeah, I'm a, I can't believe I'm a King James fan, but I am. I think everyone is sort of like a closet King James fan. Like, they don't want to admit it, but we all kind of like him for some reason. There's something about him that's likable. Well, dude, it's so it's so fun to watch somebody that's 36 years old be the best player in the NBA, like, every yeah. fucking season. Like, it's it's great yeah, to watch. True. It. It, is, it is greatness, and we all love Is Trey Young – on defense though and i mean here's what i don't understand though if it's not even like he has to do that much he's such a liability why does, is it, it it must be an effort thing am i wrong in saying he's very that? strong i think you got to be pretty strong to guard these points <laughs> i don't think he's very I mean, dude, strong guy, it's buck 65 <laughs> what did they beat did they beat the mavs today i saw they were playing the mavs they win all right, let me get a second here. Let me let me get some updates. You think for they us. would have get some real time? Luka Doncic, give us back Luka Doncic. Would you take that? Would you oh, take no, that? The uh, the the Mavs are winning. No, I would take Trey Young. I I like him. Wow, wow. you the like Trey Young more than Luka Doncic. Mike G, I love it. Yeah, I'm with Mike G, man. I think I'm, that's I'm, a, I'm uh, Captain Hot. Hashtag right free, future freezing cold guy. take, but I'll, I'll roll with it. 
Malloy. I love the Hawks, dude. You Malloy, know I love the Hawks, man. Former ball like boy, Patrick. you know, me, on, me and my dude. boy Mookie Blaylock and Christian Leitner go way back. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I bet. Yeah. let me tell you. We got to get you guys a website and put up some of these pictures that he's referring I got, to. I'll, we I'll, we'll put it on the uh, social the media, dude. We've got an Instagram account. Speaking of that, you don't have an Instagram Oh, there account. is. Yes. Do some. Uh, we should make like a like a GeoCities like a Yahoo GeoCities we need website. To... Like you can make off like the late nineties app yeah. builder. <laughs> we need a um. We need a throwback Thursday because we have some good pictures. We have some pictures of some hawks. Oh, David like, Buster's. David yeah. Buster's or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, that was back in the glory days when we had Jason Terry, dude. The Jet. That was back in the glory days when we could uh, hear each other talking, sitting in the front row. Oh, I know. Those are great. When they were doing like 30 oh, wins man. a season. Oh, man. Yeah, like Ira Nubel was our starting shooting guard. All right, boys. Uh, um, I don't even know who you're, you're right. talking about. I got a, I got a couple more here before, unfortunately, we got to wrap right. things up. This has been a fantastic interview. I mean, really, really a great time. But on the topic of goats, we got the, the Super Bowl coming up with, with Tom Brady in his 10th Super Bowl. So, I mean, I'm sure we all admit it. Tom Brady is the GOAT. Unfortunately, he beat our Falcons in that Super Bowl that I did attend. But oh, you, I mean, were there, you guys Mikey? agree, he's got to be the GOAT at this point. Woo! I was. So I was one of three Falcons Woo! fans in the section that yeah. I was in. And it was probably 10 minutes left in the third quarter. And all the Patriots fans got up and started walking Jeez. out of the stadium. And then we ended up fucking Jeez. losing. But the weekend was awesome up until that. But then clearly, you probably thought it was the best day of your life. The classic Atlanta sports. Yo, but Mike G, G, the buildup, if you were in the city for all those games that came before, we exercised so many demons, man. We trounced the Packers. That is true. We trounced the Seahawks. That is true. It was so much fun. God, dude. I'm still. I got some notification of like, this is where you were four years <laughs> no, ago on the day Mike. that we won the NFC championship game. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's so good. And then I know I'm going to get one for the Super Bowl coming up here because I got to pick with, with me and some some boys because it was like a whole crew <laughs> no, of us that dude. went to Houston for the oh, game. No. And we're like outside. Like, I remember I walked in, I put my hands because I have like when I got my right. ticket. So like they only took right. cash. And so I had to get this cash out of the it was like. It's like three grand and I had to go to a fucking um, I had to go to like a parking lot, like a like a Taco Bell parking <laughs> lot. And some dude just came and he was like, hey, man, uh, I need my Super Bowl ticket. And he gave me the ticket and I gave him like a sack Jeez. full of cash. And I it, it is really like and granted, that was in an awesome sports time, too, because me and Ganoush went to the Masters together not the two months weekend. after that. So yeah. that was like Iron Mike's heyday of sports. But like. Um, oh god! But yeah, I remember walking in and I put, I put my hands on my head and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm in the fucking Super Bowl! This is awesome!" And then we lost. But recommend all of our listeners if you haven't been, we got to make sure the Falcons go. So let's say a prayer for our new head coach Arthur Smith. Maybe he can lead us to the promised land. You know, if maybe you're we'll if you're Super a real Falcons fan, time, you have but, to root for the Bucks you know, here. And hear me out. I know you guys are gonna scoff at this, but. You want to stick it to Boston, man. You want Tom Jesus. Brady to win this game and to be like, hey, that was Brady, not Belichick and the Patriots. It was Tom Brady, the greatest of all time. And also it would make Boston fans be like, why did we let this guy go? You know, why did we let Gronk go? 
Oh, dude, I want him. I want him to win because I like seeing Tom Brady be the greatest quarterback of all time. Like, it's fun to be like, oh, I got to watch somebody win seven Super Bowls. It'd be like watching like that is Babe Ruth or like Mickey Mantle or someone like that. Like that's guys, the way I, I don't like know. It. I don't know if you guys recently got COVID <laughs> and your brains are messed up or something, but my God, if Tom Brady wins another Super Bowl, I, I just I can't I can't watch it. I can't Warren Sapp and the Bucks and if they get one more Super Bowl, here's here's what I don't understand. Here's what I that always blows my mind. How does Matt Ryan not go in the conversation of one of the best quarterbacks? I'm not saying like all time, but if you look at him pure numbers. He's consistently one of the best quarterbacks in the league every year. I mean, he does have Julio Jones. And the only thing that is the knock against him, I get it, is that he hasn't won a Super Bowl. But Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees have won one each. And they're, like, considered the greatest quarterback. I mean, they've simple. only been to it's one simple. each. His, his arm is not Matt strong Ryan, enough. He cannot Aaron throw Rogers the deep ball to Julio. No, but that. Yeah, but dude, that is some made-up thing that like got perpetuated at some point. Yeah, he's got a middle <laughs> arm. We all know it. I don't like my but quarterback middle arms, man. I'm telling you, he's got a noodle arm. Here is a here is a here is a medium to kind of hot take. Eli oh no, they both will. Yeah, but that but dude, oh, there's no way Matt Ryan. He won an MVP, Michael. Matt there's Ryan is no not going way, all. He Connor. will be like. It'll be like Dale Murphy for the Braves. No, like Matt Ryan's the best in. player to not be. I'm really glad thing. that. Uh, I mean, he won't, Mike, dude. He yeah, has, I'm really glad he has an MVP. He yeah. has. Sir, no, I. Uh, you guys. I was sorry. say, I'm really glad we're recording this conversation <laughs> so I can put money on this and Connor Kanomi. Connor, how much money are you putting on <laughs> Matt Ryan? Getting oh, into the Hall uh, of Fame? thousand dollars. Oh Jesus! I didn't know we were darn. Right, oh, I guarantee. No, I guarantee you, Matt Ryan is a Hall of Famer. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. Let's cut the tape. Oh, it, it's okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna edit it in so it says like, oh, I bet one yeah, million dollars, exactly. and then Malloy gets I mean, to lose. I like, this is like a bet that like we won't have to pay him for like a long time. So, so I could basically put like ten dollars in like a, a CD, and it would be you know because Matt Ryan won't get in the Hall of Fame for like twenty years. Like he's not gonna be a first ballot. That's like writing someone like a million dollar check and post dating it until like twenty. Yeah, that's what Jim like, Jim Carrey did that for Dumb and Dumber. He wrote himself but it's a check, ten million dollars, and he cashed it when he uh, got his check for uh, Dumb and Dumber for ten million dollars. It took him like twenty years to get it. That's, that's a true story. Wait, you're such a Harry. He, he wrote that. He, check. Jim Wait, Carrey wrote himself a check when he was first became like a stand up comedian for ten million dollars, and he like was like getting ready to rip it up, and then he okay. finally got the like a. Uh, Ten million dollars for Dumb and Dumber, like his big break. <laughs> but why yeah, would it matter? Don't knock the story. Google the story. story. It's yeah, a like, story. that is a terrible a great... story. I'm really glad I got him to explain that. So, like, Malloy, what you're so what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, so he knew that he was going to make ten million dollars. <laughs> yeah, he like dude, was like, yeah. I'm going to write this to myself, and I'm going to make ten million dollars one day. He he wished it. Yo, wish Mike G. Here's a hot take for you. The the Dumb and Dumber scary trailer. Oh, yeah. That uh, Inception. All right, guys. Well, William, thank Euro you so trip much 2024, for baby. Uh, I'm looking forward great. to it. Best of luck. And, uh, Me too. We'll, we'll, we'll have to get on it when the world gets back to normal. Best of luck taking care of those COVID patients. Everybody stay safe, mask up, socially distance, and, uh, and yeah, great catching up. And uh, yeah, guys, Thanks for coming on, William. So Got to come time. back to Atlanta sometime, man. Yep. Absolutely. Right. I'm, I'm going to. I plan on it. All right.